Hey, Mealy, you you, uh, you feeling warm today? Um, you got you got good heating in your house. It's 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 all right. It could be a little cooler. I'm mean, I'm at my podcast studio. The rest of the house is warm, but the podcast studio is a little chilly. So oh, okay. So you that's know why I got my, that's why I got my thermal on today. Oh, well, you know, it's funny you should be mentioning you know heating and that kind of thing because our episode is actually brought to uh, our listeners by Park Power, and they're Park the, Power. That's right. They're a friendly yokel, friendly yokel. <laughs> they're a friendly <laughs> local utility provider in Alberta. And oh wow, yeah. And I mean, if if you are warm, but you're like you know my life could still be better. They also do internet. And uh, na- electricity as well. Oh, cool! So yeah. internet, electricity, yeah. heating yep. and air. That's right. Yes, gas. It, Can I get gas from them or no? Absolutely. Like you mean like like for your car? No, like for like natural gas. Yes, to natural run my, gas. To run my furnace. To, absolutely. To my water. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They got low rates apparently and awesome service. Oh. Oh, and, and you know, low, actually, low rates and awesome service. Okay. And I mean, and I know that I know that you care about other people, so it'll probably you know work for you that they also profit share with local charities. Well, that is really fantastic. They, they they're giving back. Okay, that's right. That's pretty cool, right? And it is good. Yeah. And on top of this, and I mean, are they are they located in a park, or is or is the founder named Mister Park, or we don't know or care? <laughs> the founder is named Chris Krasowski. Chris Kazowski. Oh, I've never okay. met him, but apparently you can spot him because he always wears a bow tie. Oh, good for him. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a, a classy fella, and he actually is located in Sherwood Park. Which is not far oh, from where I live. That makes sense. So that's yeah. where the, that's where the park comes from. In, in our, li- our listeners have been are, are curious, but like about yes. you know entomology or etymology or yeah, absolutely ecology and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. And I mean, I know that like you and me, because we're doing the 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 podcasting thing, we're just rolling in money. But uh, yes, the fact is, there's actually people out there who want to save money, right? I mean, yes. Yeah, I mean, they want to pay less. I, I my my the, the the company that I use um, here for for my power. I, I just send in like an extra ten dollars every time and say, hey, you know, just buy 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 donuts for the for the for the, for the um, gals in the office. <laughs> you never buy me donuts, cheek. <laughs> so, um, okay, well, look, here's the deal. Like in Alberta, I don't know what it's like in North Carolina, but in Alberta, you can actually choose who you get your internet and your electricity and your natural gas from. It's not like just some big like you know state conglomerate that's like this is how oh, we, have, we have we have we have we have we have you have choice. choice you have choice cool well park power is one of those choices and they offer that's cool yeah i think yes. so that's fantastic well, tell them come on down to north carolina we could use we could use some choices down here have mr because bowtie yeah has mr bowtie give me give me a call all right well hey Mealy, if you decide to switch and i mean part of this is you'll probably have to come to alberta but you know it, it's inevitable. You're, you're you're already part of the Alberta Podcast Network. You're going to be coming. Uh, yes, to Alberta. And I, I love Park Power, so I'm, I'm I'm halfway there. Absolutely. Well, if you want to switch, all you have to do is you just go to parkpower.ca. Okay. Oh, .ca. Cool. That's right. Because it's Canadian, right? It is. That, that, that .ca. Yeah. There you go. Parkpower.ca. .ca. That's simple and easy. Okay. Cool. Thanks. Uh, welcome, unprofessionals, to another episode where we just happen to be talking about serendipity. <laughs> if only there was someone we could talk to about that. There we go. I'm your co-host, Shane Lawrence. And I'm Mealy. Um, and today we have with us Allison Apsey. Um, I ran into her on the Twitter as I, as I run into millions of people. Um, and I said, hey, come on come on the thing. Let, let's talk about stuff. And so, Allison, <laughs> we'd like to start off... Um, Every episode 
with um, just like this question here to kind of like get like a baseline and you can kind of incorporate your bio into it as it seems appropriate. But um, what does education and being an educator mean to you? So (laughs) education, that's such a big question. I love it. I know. (laughs) So education and being an educator means to me having hope and faith in our future and uh-huh. investing ourselves currently in in what is to come in our future. So um, I became an educator, gosh, my first year of teaching was in 1998. So a long time ago and um, spent my teaching years teaching grades three through eight. And then I, early in my career, I became a principal, an assistant, but actually my first position, I was called a character education coordinator. Oh and, my goodness. And, I had assistant. That was like, gosh, that was way back when in the early 2000s. Um, and then I became an assistant principal and then a principal. And I just finished up my 19th year as a principal and I was a principal of all levels. And now I have the honor to invest in educators across the country. And I work with teachers and principals and district leaders in doing the same thing of investing ourselves on a daily basis and what the future holds and believing in kids and doing right by them. Okay. So character development, well, say that one more time. I was a character education coordinator. Wow. That's- so what does that mean? Or what did they tell you that that meant? And what did you actually do? That, that's, that's- I was the assistant principal, but I was paid for <laughs> through a character education grant. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I did get to um, help lead character education initiatives. And that was like way, way early in the game when we just started bringing character education into schools. Okay. So I, I don't know what that, I mean, I, I have like an idea what I think it might mean, but is that just developing, like being a good person? Is that what that means? Yes. I love that. You're like so inquisitive about this. So, um, so character education is like a precursor to SEL where we're just, okay. we're basically just focusing on character traits and what those character traits mean. So responsibility, respect, work ethic, those kind of things. And where SEL takes that concept and also includes um, the whole component of self-awareness and mm-hmm. understanding the impact of others or our behavior right. on others and why others behave the way they do. So it, it, it definitely is, is not all encompassing, but it was a precursor to SEL. Okay. Has it, okay. has it been subsumed then by SEL? Has character education been consumed by SEL? So, so, subsumed, I think is the word. Anyway, has it been replaced? Subsumed? Has I've never heard that word before in my life, um, Shane. Okay. So I really do love the direction this conversation is going and <laughs> on my brain. Um, so some SEL curriculums are heavy in the character, like development component. So character trait component and some um, SEL curriculums are heavier in the, um, the more like introspective self-awareness and relational components of SEL. There is no one SEL program I found that does a substantial enough job on on all of the fronts. So just like with academic uh, curriculums, we have to supplement them. Mm -hmm. Same thing is the case with with, um, SEL curriculums. Excellent, 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 yeah. All right. So, I mean, one of the reasons that, you know, I I think we've connected with you is, is 
because of this whole serendipity thing. Um, or maybe it just happened, you know, by accident. Who knows? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. This, this is such a that simple, it's a, such a low-hanging fruit. I'm just going to keep on picking it, it the whole just time. Just keep on, keep on grabbing yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> keep on grabbing it. Okay. But, I mean, how did you okay. – How convenient did it so that the, that the fruit is so low-hanging for you to grab it? I, I, it just kind of worked out like you put that. <laughs> I don't even have to get out of my chair. Um, <laughs> so – uh, for, for those who maybe don't know what serendipity means, um, I mean, how does, what the heck is it, at least to you, in, in terms of how you do your job as an educator? Yeah, yeah I love this. And actually really segues from my, my role in character education early in my career, because in one of my last years of teaching, I was asked to teach a character education class to seventh and eighth graders. So our school was a William Glasser Choice Theory School. Um, so oh, we, I, don't, I have no idea what that means. Go ahead. <laughs> that would be a whole other. Can we, can, have me come back and we'll talk about that. Okay. Um, but SEL and self-awareness was a huge component of our school. So I was, I was going to teach seventh and eighth graders a character education class. And I thought, if I call it character education, they're going to roll their eyes, I like, guess, as they yes. come to the door. So, yes. I, so the 2000 or 2001 movie starring John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale called Serendipity was released right around the time I was about to teach this class. So I'm like, I love that word. And it's intriguing to me, this whole idea of happy accidents and the role it can have in our lives. So I called the class serendipity. And that was uh-huh. like my first like um, use of that word in my educational life. And so with the kids, we it really got deep with those seventh and eighth graders, like really thinking about Okay, so serendipity means happy accidents, like if you look mm-hmm. it up in mm-hmm. the dictionary. But what if we go through our lives looking for happy accidents mm-hmm. and, and lessons that offer us an opportunity to become a better version of ourselves with everything we go through? And so it became more of a, a mindset. And when I started my blog in 2015, I called it Serendipity in Education. And then my first four books were under this umbrella of, of serendipity. Um, just that idea of we always have an opportunity to become a better version of ourselves if we look for the beautiful lessons that are embedded in everything we go through. And and from everything, I mean, joys beyond our imagination to our deepest sorrows. And I, I did a TEDx talk called Serendipity is Everywhere. And in that talk, I I share one of my deepest sorrows, which was losing my mom. But through that journey of my mom's illness and eventual death, I felt I owed it to her as she was fighting to not drown in my sorrows, but to to look at how I can become a better version of myself through supporting her and everything she was going through. So um, if anybody has any argument with me about serendipity, they think that I use it incorrectly which is true because I'm an artist <laughs> and artists get to make up their own definitions. Nice. <laughs> nice. Serendipity nice. branches for me well beyond um, just, you know, happy accidents uh, that are chance encounters to looking mm-hmm. for those happy accidents. Right. So it sounds okay. more like, not more, it sounds like you're sort of wrapping it up in this idea of like intentionality. Yeah. And I mean, does that, okay, but doesn't, Okay, I've got this two thoughts that are fight. I'm having a brain fight right now in my head. I mean, because then so, if, if you're looking for serendipity, doesn't that take the serendipity away? It takes the, the you know the accidental part of it. Ooh, now, now it's like we're having like a free will it discussion could. now. Oh, okay. no. <laughs> it could. It could. So instead of intentionality, I would use the word hope. 
I'm wrapping it in hope Mm -hmm. because when we, we believe that everything we go through is going to offer us this unexpected, beautiful gift. When we have Mm -hmm. that hope inside um, that can carry us through so much because um, like hope, I have a tattoo of an anchor on my ankle because of Hebrews 619, where hope anchors the soul. Like I think hope anchors us to, again, this idea of believing in the future. And that's where I, my tie to serendipity is, is through um, like the mindset is through the idea of hope. I like the idea of of a hopeful mindset, but I mean, you know, the thing that comes to mind for me, and just maybe a bit of pushback, I don't know, but like they say that hope is not a plan. So, I mean, how does, how does the idea of like hopefulness and looking for serendipity in the classroom, how does that work? Like in that interaction between teacher and student? Yeah. And I, I agree with you and I appreciate pushback always. Um, I'm, I'd love to start conversations. It's not, not that I have all the answers, but I like to give framework to start conversations. Um, so serendipity is not a plan. It's a mindset. You make the plan, yeah. <laughs> like you have to make a plan and take some action. <laughs> but what I'm suggesting is not like an all encompassing <laughs> way to live your life. It's a, it's a mindset that, that can, um, you can use to look back for beautiful lessons, but also look forward knowing that that every day offers us be- an opportunity to become a better version of ourselves. Even oh, so hard. Now I'm disappointed because I thought I could just not have <laughs> lesson plans and just show up to my classroom and just happy accidents <laughs> would happen. Like, and we would, and, do, and, right? and, ev- and everyone would just learn and I could just walk out and like, how'd, how'd, how'd it go? It was great. I just like first, first Kids one kid, on like, desk. you know, <laughs> did this to another one that we learned that you can't do that. And it, was, it was just, it was a blast. So. <laughs> Well, we, we call those serendipitous moments, like teaching moments in the classroom, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 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 Or or learning Which, moments, depending. Yeah. There depending you go. How it goes. There you go. But Hopefully what, they translate to learning moments. So what are some ways to, um, some practical tips you can give us for finding serendipity in our classroom or becoming more aware of serendipity or developing the mindset? How do we, um, how do we maximize the, the serendipity? I think one is being present in the moment and really giving your the moment your attention. And as educators, I think we just have so much on our minds and we have a plan, right, for the day and mm-hmm. we know what's coming next. And often that will pull us from being present in the moment. And we can't recognize happy accidents and beautiful lessons that happen spontaneously if we're not present in the moment. So I think that would be one. And then another would be, um, you know, approaching life with curiosity too. Like, I I wonder how I could, what I could learn from this or how I could be become a better version of myself because of this horrible day that I went through or this experience. And you can't always see that in the moment because we're in our feelings and that's Mm -hmm. important. Like we can't, I am not about I am sunshine and roses and positivity, <laughs> but I am not about denying the, right. the bad feelings that we have and sitting in them because there's there's a fine line between positivity and toxic positivity, and and, and right. it's it's sometimes it's it's hard to navigate. But yeah, but go ahead. Yeah. Yes, um, I think the spectrum of emotions are there for a reason, and mm-hmm. let's not deny half of them. <laughs> they have right. value in our lives. Um, I don't I don't want to sit there. I want the story of my life to be sunshine and roses, but I go there. Um, 
so in in the moment we might be in our feel, those negative feelings and not be able to be like okay I can I can become a better version of myself after just getting spittle on my face from a parent arguing with me about you know whatever the case is mm-hmm. um it, we, we can't see that always right away but mm-hmm. after some processing time um we can and that that ties into that idea of hope that mm-hmm. even if you can't see it in the moment if you have this mindset of like yeah, I can learn something from everything I go through. Um, that that hope even just like burns as a little ember inside of you that can can help carry you through, even if you're not ready to look for that lesson yet. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Okay, yeah, I think I think that I, I do agree. Like, and the, the negative things, it, yeah, it's not necessarily like, ooh, I'm I'm glad that like there's this like horrible thing happening. But we can learn that go, okay, this is the next time that it happens. This is how, how, how I deal with it. Or, you know, maybe the, the, the negative thing that was bad, we, you know, had some sort of bond was formed with somebody or whatever, or you have that empathy for the person that goes through the, um, the, the similar thing. You know, me is like, now I'm, now I'm like a, a veteran teacher, which still feels weird to say. But um, when I see people that are, that, are, that are struggling with something that I used to struggle with, I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that's... Um, that, that that's that sucks for you let me let me kind of help you navigate how how i kind of dealt with that and see if that is of any um benefit to you or not so yeah absolutely absolutely yeah yeah i mean you've been and you've been doing this for a while as you set out the start i mean what's changed for you over that time and you you said you know you came across this whole idea of serendipity i'm guessing you've probably your understanding of it has deepened or maybe you found some dead ends. Like how have things, how's your perspective on the whole serendipity thing changed? I would say like the conversation that we were just having uh, a minute ago of (laughs) that, um, like not trying to force this concept or, or, um, positivity down people's throats. I would, so like, um, my last principalship, uh, I, I, I started there like 10 years ago and one of the, the the assistant superintendent came in and checked in with the teachers and said, how's it going? And of course, the majority said, it's going great. <laughs> but I got some feedback that said, you know, I feel this pressure to be positive around her. Mm. And I mean, I thought in the scheme of uh, criticisms, I don't know that that's like the worst one in the world. But Oof. I also want people to feel comfortable being themselves mm-hmm. with me. And if that if being yourself means that you're going to come in and just kind of like go on about this terrible thing that just happened, like I'm I want you to come to me with that as as a leader, a school leader. So yeah. I had to learn how to be transparent and vulnerable myself, um, which also meant as a person, I had to learn how to sit in those negative feelings. I am, mm-hmm. I don't know if you are study the Enneagram, but I'm an Enneagram seven, which means mm-hmm. that I'm looking for the party all the time. Like mm-hmm. how can I change this negative thing into like a really good thing and have a party? Um, but it's, th- that's not a healthy way to live. I right. need to, to be able to, 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 to sit back and um, accept when things aren't going well and, and learn and grow from there. So I, and then I need to, as a leader, I need to be transparent and vulnerable with that. So I try to do that on campuses, but I also try to do that in my writing um, because I am uh, I, I love writing and that's something that I want to keep as a part of my life forever. So I try to include that um, being vulnerable and transparent and um, acknowledging all the parts of life in what I share. 
Well, you've talked, right. a, you've talked a lot about, I mean, one thing I keep here coming up and how, oh my gosh, my words are broken today. The <laughs> thing I keep hearing coming up, whatever, uh, is, is this idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I give up. I can't, okay. I can't word. Um, yes. but I keep hearing you mention like, just like negative feelings and, and being able to sit in that. I mean, that seems like a real theme for you. Is this something that's like been a big struggle for you? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's something that I've had to learn and, and grow into. Like I, I, people, I just moved from Michigan to Georgia and people ask me, how is it? And I'm like, well, I love everything. So it's great <laughs> <laughs> because like, that's, that's a fault. Like every positive has a negative in our lives. And for me that I um, can adapt, I look for the good in every situation. Um, that can, I can go for years living in denial of right. some real significant negative feelings I have. And, yeah. and it's taken therapy and a lot of work for me to, to recognize that, um, that I, I, I need to be okay with, with not loving everything. And the reality is no, Allison, you don't love everything. Like, so yes, <laughs> it has been, I'm a work in progress with that. Yeah. Wow. That's that, that, that cuts home. I'm, I'm always generally like upbeat as well, except when I, except, except when I'm not obviously, but, um, <laughs> but, but there is, there is something to, to deny that there's that, it, you know, everything isn't always like my thing is like, Oh, everything's going to be all right. Well, everything's not going to always be all right for everybody. You know what I mean? There's somebody like sitting in prison. There's somebody sitting in a hospital bed. There's people in graves. There's people who are in really, really horrible situation. And it, it's not, and it's not all right. You know what I mean? So, um, and there's, there's, you know, systemic issues that, 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 you know, um, cause things not to be all right for groups of people or in, as well as individuals. So, yeah. So sometimes we can get kind of caught up in that. Oh, well, look. So, and I think this ties into the serendipity as well. Um, there are a lot of, um, definitely a lot of, um, teachers who I think feel this way. And I do feel there's quite a few of admin who feel this way, that it is an adversarial relationship. Okay. Mm -hmm. That teachers, all we're doing is trying to like avoid whatever nonsense the admin are putting on us. Admin trying to um, keep the teachers doing the right thing so that the school functions properly and, and, you know, and, and corral the teachers into doing all this kind of stuff. Uh, there was a, Oh my goodness, the whole, Twitter debate about mental health days that was going on um, last week. I know this recording is coming out later than that, but that was insane. And then there are teachers who want to work with admin and admin who go, hey, my job is to support and to and to help teachers grow and all these kind of things. So how do you prevent um, the, the negative um, dynamic versus the positive dynamic when, when the teacher um, both when you when you did it when you were a principal um, and now as you trying to help people you know and if you want to figure out how the or, or not figure out but explain how the the serendipity model or mindset um, plays into that as well that would that would be awesome well I think um, I will segue into my most recent book which came out at the end of August and it's called leading the whole teacher mm -hmm. and it speaks to exactly what you're talking about of like teachers need more than self-care advice. I was on a committee for self-care at one of my last districts and mm -hmm. I went to this meeting, like super excited to talk about how we can support teachers and taking care of themselves. And the idea that they were talking about was a potluck. 
I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, so teachers are going to go home. They're mm-hmm. going to take care of themselves and or their families dinner that night. And they're going to cook for their colleagues <laughs> the next day. And then bring that all in. In addition to everything else that they bring in for the yeah. day. Obviously that's not self-care. I mean, that right. could be community building, relationship building, yes. could be value of having that in the school, but that mm-hmm. is not self-care. And so that's the, that's how we entered into this conversation and education, this, this misconception of what self-care is. And I like, it's like, it feels like it's putting a bandaid on a geyser because mm-hmm. what we're saying is what we're providing you teachers is broken. So mm-hmm. take care of yourself enough that you can deal with um, something that's broken on a daily basis. And mm-hmm. So over the course, pre-pandemic, over the course of the, the last several years, I've been researching like scholarly research of not only education settings, but other employment settings of mm-hmm. what does it mean to have a deep level of satisfaction and connection and engagement in your work. Mm-hmm. Um, I put blog posts up and I would get like feedback of like, Alison, you're missing the mark here. Or yes, Alison, <laughs> mm-hmm. this is right on target. And even in just in conversations, but what I developed was six pillars of Ooh. the te- the whole teacher. Okay. So, Did you want to hit all, how would you tell us your three favorites? Oh, okay. Super exciting. I, to, I, know, I know we don't have time to get into all six right now. Can I just read six and then I'll, I'll read the six and I'll tell or, you my favorite. Or maybe Shane and I, how would, how would Shane and I pick out, We there's three okay. of us, how about we each pick out one pillar that we want to talk about, okay? Okay, all so right. You got your pencil and paper ready to write down something? I want you to notice what's missing. Because okay, cool. There is no mention of self-care in these pillars. <laughs> I mean, right. they're embedded, but one pillar is not self-care. The, the okay. six pillars are um, different topics. But of course, cool. self-care can fall under those. But okay, so the six are valued educator. Uh-huh. Continuous learner, emotional safety, decision maker, Ooh. positive relationships, and healthy workload. Okay, and healthy workload. Hope I can read this. So I guess okay. maybe just even for me, if you'd respond from your perspective, like hearing those, how does that feel? Okay, so now I'm trying to like process I, them all. As, I, as, as I'm just in. Uh, I'm still shaking off the panic of having to write that fast. So, okay. Um, yeah, look at my. I'm like so valued, oh, valued wow, educator. Okay. I, continuing. I know the one I want to talk about. Educational something, emotional safety, emotional decision safety. maker, positive, positive relationships, relationships, and then healthy, healthy something, work. healthy workload. workload. Yeah, healthy workload. Keep up, okay. old man. Come on. Uh, <laughs> um, so. For me, like they all I, sound good, I like them. Yeah, um, go ahead, go ahead, Shane. No, they, they, yeah, I, I agree. They, I mean, I mean, none of them are like you know daily whippings. It's like no, these all sound really <laughs> good. Um, but the one like I'm just, I'm just about done a, a three month medical leave. Don't call it a stress leave. It's a stress leave. Um, so so the, the one, the one that hits me the hardest right now, just because of where I'm at, is a healthy workload. Because mm-hmm. I, I just felt like I me mean, last, you know, my first semester of uh, this this teaching year, I was teaching seven different courses and that's uh, insane. It is insane. That's what it is. And so, yes, that I mean, is not I'm, a healthy workload. I'm, I'm going back to a mere six courses when I go back. Um, oh, think that'll feel so much better. So much better. <laughs> Nearly 15% better. I think. Um, yes. I'm like, I'm imagining you, right? So this, this is my, this is my, this is my idea, Shane. Okay. Uh-huh. Some kind of like a, 
like a rickshaw or one of those like um, pedal cabs, right? Where there's like seven like relatively large people that you're pulling, you know, <laughs> behind you. And then like one of them gets off and now you're only pulling like, you know, instead of, instead of pulling 1400 pounds, you're pulling like 1200 pounds. And it's yeah. like, oh, this is so much better. I, I wonder if you'll notice. I really, I do really wonder if you'll notice. To me, it always feels with that many courses, it was always like every day was like, we need you to play a full game of basketball. You got 10 minutes. You know, that's what it felt like. Yes. Anyways, but Allison, what, elucidate, expand, shower wisdom. What have you got on, on the, the healthy <laughs> ritual? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, and then I've got, and then I've got a, a pet theory about that that, 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 I'll, that I'm going to share as well. So go ahead first, Allison. Okay. So it was interesting in that, um, like having this conversation of what does healthy workload mean for educators was a really interesting conversation because I, I would put things out there like on my blog or on Twitter and I would get feedback of like, I can grade papers. Like I can, I can do the work, but really what's actually getting to me is the worry load that I have on my shoulders. Mm. So if you could help me reduce this worry load, um, so in these conversations, I it, it came to light that there's a few things we can agree on that a healthy workload means. So we'll just talk about three things. One is um, a healthy workload means that we feel in control. Mm -hmm. Like right. we have control over our day. We have mm -hmm. control over our time. We feel yes. like it's not like I, this whole schedule of prepping for seven different courses and wanting to provide meaningful instruction and learning to students in these seven courses is running me. I'm running my schedule. I'm in control. So that's one component. Another component is that we have space for creativity and connection. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and when we lose that as educators, often um, that's when our workload feels out of control. Like I don't have like I have this idea of something that I want to do for my students that would really benefit them. But I don't even have the the time or the space to be, to get creative. I'm in my classroom during lunchtime rather than in the lounge or with my colleagues, because otherwise I'm going to be spending double the time at home tonight prepping. I, I need to take advantage of every minute during the school day. Like mm. that is not a satisfying way to spend no. the school day for most educators. Right. Mm. And then the other one is um, choosing whether we want to work on nights and weekends. And I mean, there's both sides of the debate, right? There's like the, the, the teacher who is like, nope, but this is what the contract says. And these are the hours that I work. And I'm not going to look at email or think about school beyond these hours. And then there's other teachers who are like, oh my goodness, I wish I could do that. There's no way I could have that in my life. And then there's other teachers who said, if you told me I could only work during my contract hours. I wouldn't be in this job because I love be putzing around in my classroom on my special Wednesday nights to make it look beautiful. So please don't tell me that I can't do that um, in order to be aligned with you know my teaching profession. So choosing how we use our time outside of the contracted hours is um, one of the signs of having a healthy workload and or a healthy worry load. Yeah, I was gonna say, and and tied to that is um, respecting other people's choices as mm -hmm. well. You know what I mean? Because there's people like on Twitter. I'm sure you've seen the, the debate. You know what I mean? Um, uh, trying to think, the, the, um, like when we talk about is teaching a calling, which I firmly am in the in the teaching is my calling camp. 
And then there are people like, well, if you say it's a calling, that's why we're not getting paid enough. And now you're making yourself to be a martyr. No, I'm not. That's not what's happening. I love what I do. It's exciting to me. I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. That's why I do it. Okay. Yes, I want to be paid. I want to be paid more than I'm being paid right now. And I think that I bring more value than I'm being paid. But that doesn't mean that I'm not excited about it. And then I've kind of like all those things you're talking about. I've kind of been in a, in a couple of different one of those camps. When I was in a camp for a while, was it's kind of like a hybrid of those. Is I love so being a social butterfly. I love being a social butterfly, and I like during my planning period just goofing off with my colleagues and having a good time. Sometimes I'll pop in other people's classrooms. I'll, I'll I'll just get distracted or whatever it is. So I'll spend some time away from school preparing so that when I'm in school, I can have that. Um, what you're talking about, that autonomy, that choice, that freedom, whatever kind of stuff like that. Sure. Um, but something also that I feel that that's tough when it comes to the, the principal side of it and then seeing it is particularly I've had um, uh, two of my three principals have, have I've seen this in them is um, speaking of being a calling. Um principalship seems to almost self-select for um, workaholics, right? <laughs> there are so many workaholics who go into administration. And because that is, for lack of a word, their truth, you know what I mean? Sure. They don't, like, sometimes really, really get it. Like, they don't understand. Like, they're, they're the ones that you said, that they want to keep doing this and keep doing this, keep doing this. So they don't necessarily, like, understand these teachers that are like, that are burnt out. They'll, they'll be like, well, when I was a teacher, I worked from like, you know, I worked to like nine at night and on Saturdays. I would blah, 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 you know, and I would do this and da, 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 da. And it's like, well, that's because like you're some caffeinated automaton, you know what I mean? That just can, <laughs> can go like, like this all the time. And you are in like a, you know, an upper percentile of people that function like that. And the majority of us down here, we can't do that. We, we, we will, we will collapse if we um, try and try and go like that. And so how do you help the, um, the admin to, um, to see that? Mm-hmm. So by the way, boys and girls, yeah. the, the video on my, on my thing is, um, is not working, which is why we go on zoom because it's helpful for us to reach each other's body language. And I'm doing all these things. And now, now I'm like, looking into my camera um waitingly but all allison sees is this big green blur it's really <laughs> annoying so um i don't know so yeah so 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 yeah so again i'm done ra- i'm done i'm done rambling now time time for the actual guest to speak okay go ahead okay oh. so i think one of the the keys in the first lessons of school leadership needs to be of do not expect others to be you mm-hmm. period like full stop <laughs> Like you have to figure out who they are. Like you're you're not the hero of the school. Right. Your job is to bring out the hero in others Amen. and support Amen. them. Amen. Amen. So Amen. I, um, like I think, it, and I think that's where we go wrong. Is mm-hmm. um, and, and I th- principals are overworked. Principals are asked to do way too much. Like that's yeah. a whole other podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but but we have to be the ones who okay. If we want teachers to be present in the classroom, we need to be present in the school, not running around like chickens with our head cut off. Because that's what I see a lot of principals doing all the time, and we don't even have time to 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 be present in the conversation in order to understand 
someone else's perspective or where they're mm-hmm. coming from. So I would say those are a couple big, like initial lessons of um, get out of your own way there. You're, you do not have a school of like little Allison Apsies running around teaching. Like, thank goodness. Right. Because right, right. Tremendous. But um, what your job is to, to get to know the strengths in the areas that your teachers are looking to grow. And if your teacher is looking to grow and not working at night, support them and figuring out how to leave work at school and go home and have a, a life at home. Like that's, yeah. that's important information. Yeah. That is, that is so huge. I, and I can see, I can imagine as myself, even just walking my, trying to put myself in that mindset, I can imagine like that trap that's so easy. Oh, look, I, I really love what I'm doing in my classroom. I want to, um, replicate that in other classrooms so i'll become an admin and i will just you know espouse this philosophy and and have this kind of things i think there's some a healthy dose of like okay this is what i want my school to look like but you have to also like you said you have to know those people and know that you you are not going to um have a 100 percent participation in that and b it does no one wants a school of like a hundred teachers that are all, that are all exactly the same. That, that would, that would not, that would not be good for anyone that the kids need to experience, you know, teachers that have different ways of doing things and different ways of, um, of teaching. So it's, it's good for them to have those, those differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that a lot. Neither. Okay. Shane, what's go ahead. Like, like, a, like, like something on your mind there. No, no. I want to know what your pillar is. What's, what's the one that you want to, you want to talk about or did I steal it? Oh, Okay. Well, I, I, the healthy workload is really the one that that, that um oh, okay that um want to do. And I feel like we've already talked about um, valuing educators. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and um, let's talk about decision makers. Something with decision makers. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, that's I funny. I that. was just looking at I, that one actually. Yeah. And I heard you say "ooh" when I said that one <laughs> <laughs> because it, that is so foundational. Like, if teachers are invited to the decision making table. Uh-huh. When mm-hmm. we are uh, preach. Right. <laughs> and I mean, I, I have those who push back on me, but to be honest, I think every decision in a school can be collaborative in nature and people push back mm-hmm. and they're like, well, we're not going to have a committee deciding when we're going to have fire drills. No, we're not. But guess what? I scheduled them during state testing one time and I am going to collaborate with teachers about when, when might be a better time to schedule mm-hmm. Yeah, what are some parameters, some guidelines for when we would like to see fire drills? Not exactly when, when exactly, but yes, yes. right. Should well, yes. we have them? You know, don't have them doing this, and possibly have them when this when exactly. when this is going like, on. What's your least favorite decision. class, and when do you want that ten minute break? You know, right. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Let's yeah. talk. Let's talk. And <laughs> no. even like as you're coming into the leadership. Um, I love how you said, like, I'm doing great things in my classroom. I think I want to take this to the school-wide level. Um, but the the, sh- the reality that we need to hit principles with is if you want anything to happen at a school-wide level, at a deep, like, systemic change, cognitive shifting kind of level, it has to be collaborative. Like, mm-hmm. we yes. all have to be in on this. We all have to be at the decision-making table, or at least teacher representatives from each grade level um, mm-hmm. representing what that would mean for their grade level or yep. representing the values that their, yep. their team believes in. Um, yep. And there is, there's a lot of different ways, but in that book, I highlight that being invited to the decision-making table doesn't mean that you're always the one who's making those initial decisions. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. teachers, 
like sometimes as a principal, those initial decisions were made at central office. Yeah. <laughs> my job was to bring that back to my team and say, let's talk about what's going to get in our way of implementing this. Mm-hmm. What are some barriers that we foresee? What are some challenges you're going to have? Do, yeah. do we need to learn more about this? You know, where can we come together around this district mandated initiative, which I mean, that's again, another podcast, because I think we need principal <laughs> voice more at the district level also. So um, it, it this this affects all um, areas of education. Yeah, I think, I think you just and, said my least favorite words, the district mandated initiative. And it's funny, it's so often just the little things like you said, like the fire drills. So and I know their intention was was good um so we had a thing at my school uh just this past week so um at the high school we're gonna um be registering the eighth graders that are gonna be incoming for classes soon so we have something called like it's like an expo and so there's teacher representatives of all the different content areas and the parents and the kids get to walk around and find out what we offer and ask questions about you know, what is this like as they, as they make decisions about what choices they're going to be making, right? And so, okay, cool, I see that. Um, so we'll wrap it up soon. And so forget that then. We're just going to go to fun. We're just going to go to fun stories. It doesn't matter. I can add that on, I can add that on later. All okay. right, there we go. Anyway, was, they gave us a map, and the map was hot garbage, and none of, none of the teachers could understand the map of the cafeteria. I'm like, there was a map of the cafeteria where you're supposed to be. And I'm like, have you been in the cafeteria? Why didn't you have a teacher look at this? Because this doesn't look like our cafeteria. That, that is, is you have, like the tables go a completely different direction than when you've got them. Anyway, um, so we um, love funny stories, anecdotes from the classroom. We know crazy thing happens. I mean, back to serendipity. You know what I mean? So um, hit us with like a goofy, silly, funny story that you tell. You know when you when you're um, talking to other educators or you're talking to people at a cocktail party that go, this, this is the thing that always makes me laugh and smile. And if, and if it's got some serendipity flavor, that all, all the better. Okay. <laughs> well, stumped you. <laughs> you no, no, that's, that's like, the, what, what story can I tell without getting fired? That's what that face is. Right that, that's true. <laughs> you read my mind. <laughs> yes. Um, I know. You can I change the names to protect the guilty. I told the potluck story. That one was pretty funny. Uh-huh. And I, I tell that one often. Um, gosh. Yeah. I think oh, I feel stumped with, I'm not that funny. We like stuff that involves blood or vomit or um, other bodily <laughs> fluids, <do>. um, <laughs> pyrotechnics, um, you know, um, if the police are called. There's all hysterical to us. Okay. Right, right. Yes. Um, I am so clumsy, first of all, that um, I have, uh, I can't think of any stories, but I am um, making a fool of myself all the time. <clears throat> and then the other thing that I am is I, I love connecting with people. Mm-hmm. And what that means sometimes is I, I put my foot in my mouth in an attempt to connect with people because mm-hmm. like, I'll get something wrong, like their name or, um, you know, I'll, I'll get a fact wrong. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I do forgive myself because it comes from my good natured heart of wanting people to feel seen and valued. Even if I, even if I get it wrong, um, I, the one story about vomit is you know, <laughs> oh, here we go. one of those, one of those classic situations in my early 
years as an assistant principal, child, seventh grader, who I'm like, you just want to go home. Like you're telling me you have the stomach ache and why don't you sit in my office? Let's just um, have like, let's have a calm down time together and um, we'll have a chat. And so I'm talking with her and then all of a sudden projectile vomit, like mm-hmm. all over me. So um, that was one of, I, it was early in my principalship, which was a good lesson of like, yes, no, actually, they are really sick sometimes yeah. and yeah. it's good to keep a distance. And also <laughs> yes. wear plastic clothes to work. Now. Exactly. Right. right. And my, my takeaway from that is yeah. um, let the kids who are lying about being sick go home anyway, because they probably have a reason that they need to go home. You know, maybe they need to do some self-care. Not, yeah. not, and, and, and then by doing that, then you, uh, then you avoid the, um, the, the vomit. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Through that. Through that. Uh, okay. Wow. So, wrap it up first of all thank you um second of all everyone go out and like buy all the books okay you know what i mean she's you know we'll put it we'll put a link in the show notes okay and you can and you can follow her on twitter and and, and all that kind of stuff and you can, you can get all these um serendipitous books you can give them to your friends and then so to throw some seren- throw some serendipity in there you know soon sometime in your in your future you are going to meet someone that like happens like you're at the grocery store you're at the coffee shop or whatever and you find out that someone else is also in education or knows something about education and somehow it comes up and then you go you know what that is so crazy you know what you know what would be really good for you if you like education you should listen to unprofessional development so please serendipitously um share the podcast with the people that you come into contact with we always appreciate um new listeners okay Allison, anything else that you wanted to plug other than the books? Anything coming up? Are you going on tour? People, people can book you to come. To, people can book you to come to their schools and make and and have a serendipitous school. Is that is that a thing? It is a thing. Yes, I am on tour constantly. I'm I travel. Um, you know what was kind of my side gig became my full time gig. So I travel full time now. So I'm I'm from coast to coast. I was in California Thursday and I'll be in New York next Friday and Michigan in between. And I live in Georgia. So, um, but I just wanted to mention too, I, I love being connected on social media. So my handles are just at Allison Apsey and my website, which is free resources. Mm-hmm. Um, there's hundreds of blog posts and, and resources there. And that's AllisonApsey.com. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, if you get a chance, Allison, just Hit, put those stuff all in in the show notes. I'll make it e- or in the, in the um, agenda. We'll make it easy for Shane to um mm, to throw okay. to throw it in. Okay. I sure will. Thank right. you so much for having Thank me. Thank you so much. The great conversation. A lot of little serendipitous side paths that we went on, and I really, I really, really enjoyed having you. I, yes, I wish there was something serendipitous about my stupid camera, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> so anyway, th- thanks again. Oh, and as we always say at the end of the um show, stay unprofessional. Hey, Amelia, you you, uh, you feeling warm today? Um, you got you got good heating in your house. It's 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 all right. It could be a little cooler. I mean, I'm at my podcast studio. The rest of the house is warm, but the podcast studio is a little chilly. So, oh, okay. So you that's know, why I got my, that's why I got my thermal on today. Oh, well, you know, it's funny you should be mentioning you know heating and that kind of thing because our episode is actually brought to uh, our listeners by Park Power, and they're Park the Power. That's right. They're a friendly yokel. Friendly yokel. <laughs> they're a friendly <laughs> local utility provider in Alberta. And, oh, well, wow. yeah. And I mean, if, if you are warm, but you're like, you know, my life could still be better. They also do internet and uh, na- electricity as well. Oh, cool. So yeah. internet, electricity, yeah. heating and air. That's right. Yes. 
gas? Can I get gas from them or no? Absolutely. Like you mean like like for your car? No, like for like natural gas. Yes, natural my, gas. From my furnace. To, Absolutely. To my water. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They got low rates apparently and awesome service. Oh. Oh, and you low, know, actually, low rates and awesome service. Okay. And I mean, and I know that I know that you care about other people, so it'll probably you know work for you that they also profit share with local charities. Well, that is really fantastic. They, they they're giving back. Okay, that's right. That's pretty cool. Right, that and is good. Yeah, and on top of this, and I mean, are they are they located in a park, or is or is the founder named Mister Park, or we don't know or care? <laughs> the founder is named Chris Krasowski. Chris Krasowski. Oh, I've never okay. met him, but apparently you can spot him because he always wears a bow tie. Oh, good for him. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a, a classy fella, and he actually is located in Sherwood Park. Which is not far oh, from where I live. That makes sense. So that's yeah. where the, that's where the park comes from. In, indeed, our, li- our listeners have been are, are curious, with, like about yes. you know, entomology or etymology or yeah, absolutely ecology and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. And I mean, I know that like you and me, because we're doing the 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 podcasting thing, we're just rolling in money. But uh, yes, the fact is, there's actually people out there who want to save money, right? I mean, yes. Yeah, I mean, they want to pay less. I, I my my the, the the company that I use I'm here for for my power. I, I just send in like an extra ten dollars every time and say, hey, you know, just buy 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 donuts for the for the for, for the um, gals in the office. <laughs> you never buy me donuts, cheek. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay, well, look, here's the deal. Like in Alberta, I don't know what it's like in North Carolina, but in Alberta, you can actually choose who you get your internet and your electricity and your natural gas from. It's not like just some big like you know state conglomerate that's like this is how oh, we have we have we have we have, we have, we have choice. choice you have choice yeah. cool well park power is one of those choices and they offer that's cool yeah i think yeah. so that's fantastic well, tell them come on down to north carolina we could use we could use some choices down here have mr because bowtie yeah yes. has mr bowtie give me give me a call <laughs> all right well hey Amelia, if you decide to switch and i mean uh-huh. part of this is you'll probably have to come to alberta but you know it's it's inevitable. You're 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 already part of the Alberta Podcast Network. You're going to be coming. Uh, yes, to Alberta. And I, I love Park Power, so I'm, I'm I'm halfway there. Absolutely. Well, if you want to switch, all you have to do is you just go to parkpower.ca. Okay. Oh, .ca. Cool. That's oh, it. Because it's Canadian, right? It is that that dot .ca. Yeah. There you go. Parkpower.ca. .ca. .ca. That's simple and easy. Okay. Cool. Thanks. <laughs>